Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is going to be a uh, game week three preview, uh, looking ahead to the upcoming fixtures, players. I'm also going to be touching on my game week two uh, review and just highlighting some of the key topics that have been discussed in the uh, in the community. And on top of that, answering some of your questions that you've submitted through Instagram and Twitter. So thanks to everyone in advance for sending those through some really good questions that I'm going to touch on later on in this episode. Um, so yeah, hope everyone had a good game week. For myself personally, it was a half decent game week, 47 points, which has left me on an overall rank of uh, 394,000 around that sort of area. So like everything guys, when you are uh, when you have the highs of the game week one, you've got to have the lows of game week two. And uh, congratulations to anyone who had a uh, decent back-to-back -back game week. But for me personally, it was um, balanced out after game week one with a uh, pretty average game week two. But above, end of the day, guys, above the FPL average is always a good week in my eyes. So looking upwards, um, just going to run through my team really and how they got on. Really, the main returners in my team were... Uh, Digne with 11 points. Everton seem to be keeping a lot of clean sheets, really. Um, they've kept, I think, I think they've conceded the third least goals since uh, since the 1st of January. Um, no surprises, Liverpool and Man City lead the way there, but it seems like Marco Silva's really tightened things up at Everton. So, um, Digne's been a great, great pick so far this season. Picked up 11 points. Uh, Sterling got his goal. Unfortunately, didn't captain him, but... Um, Still picked up his goal and looked sharp. Um, and then I had the two boys, the Bournemouth boys up top, King and Wilson. Uh, King getting his goal from the penalty spot and Wilson picking up the assist. But other than that, both both performing a little bit below par, unfortunately. So um, those are all the returners. And like many managers I've discussed with online, I was one to unfortunately get burnt by Sheffield United's Lundstrom, uh, Wambasaka V2, whatever you want to call him. Uh, looking at my bench after game week two to see 14 points in the second spot was painful. But as um as I've said to other managers, he uh he's very much at the start of this season a bench fodder player. So to see him pick up 14 points, congratulations to anyone who did play him. That's brilliant inside knowledge there. Absolutely got to take my hat off to you there but for me personally it was never a consideration to start so I can't be bitter about them points on the bench it would have been a bit different if it was um him balanced off with somebody else so yeah not too worried there and it just means that I have a great pick there for future game weeks which it looks like he could be a good option now so he definitely one to consider especially for next week so yeah those are the those are the only returners in my team and then I had uh the disappointment of the Liverpool clean sheet wipeout again for a second week in a row uh, had both Robertson and Van Dijk, uh, two points each, so a bit of a shame there. And then Salah, the other Liverpool man, to not return anything and be compounded by a Mane goal and assist. I'll go, I'm going to talk later on about Salah versus Mane, but yeah, still a Salah, Salah owner and uh, fortunately taken off after 80 minutes. think he was suffering a little bit from the Super Cup hangover, but, you know, unfortunately no returns there. And then... Um, the other lot, really, the other bunch. Um, Sigurdsson now said at the start of the season during the preseason that he was going to be my man to hold for six game weeks. I've said before that he is a player that you've got to hold throughout the bad times because he consistently is a returner. However, 
it's easier said than done, as I've said to some managers, and it's going to be difficult for me to hold on to him this week, but I am trying my best. Uh, at 8 million, though, when you're seeing players below perform a lot better, it's hard to hold. So going to see what happens with him there. But, you know, still really good fixtures, good four fixtures coming up. So he's one to uh, definitely uh, think about. And just looking at his underlying stats, you know, five shots, three key passes in his last two games, uh, an XG of... 0.6 and an expected assists of 0.4 over them two games so it isn't like he's not getting the stats which is, um which would be a worry if he didn't so for me right now although he's a bit of a cash cow in the side i think i might be sticking with him and hoping that these stats turn into goals one that i can really um hype up unfortunately is iosi perez at leicester he's returned again another blank for me um bit worried about him to be honest playing out more on the white on the on the wing for Rodgers in the last couple of weeks uh not really linking up well with his teammates he only had three shots in his last two games so not really what you'd be expecting there and only an expected goal of 0.11 over them two games so again as a striker you know it's not really the stats you want to be seeing so 6.5 million He's one to be watching right now. And I do think that he is on the chopping board as we speak. So, um, yeah, that's the team, guys. I don't want to talk too much about it because there's, a, you know, a pretty bang average week. So I don't want, to, don't want to sit back and look at that. I want to look forward to the upcoming game weeks. But um, it's just worth noting some of the game week two dream team for those who haven't noticed. Just some uh, standout picks, really. Uh, the Sheffield United defence, uh, Lundstrom, Henderson... Uh, really performing and to be honest those who didn't watch the Sheffield United game I don't know whether it was Crystal Palace being absolutely atrocious or Sheffield United looking very good but I did think that Sheffield United look a very good unit and at home especially they could be what Brighton were two seasons making that place a fortress and being a real hard team to beat so I do think for those managers who haven't invested in Lundstrom right now or are looking for a budget goalkeeper or defence they could be the ones to look at right now. So just consider those while you're looking. But they, a few of them featured in the Dream Team. As I mentioned, Mane came back to form after being absent with just fitness issues over the last few weeks. And uh, Kevin with 13-point haul, goal and assist, bonus points. Really looking a good FPL value at 11.5 million. And um, just looked really on it in that game. Um, and then another one who looked very good and completely flew under the radar in my eyes was uh, Arsenal Celebas. So picked up 11 points, two assists, bonus points. But for those who didn't watch the game, it's really worth noting that it wasn't just two assists. He was absolutely phenomenal in that game. Uh, really worked hard. Really, really outstanding performance. And a 5.5, no, sorry, I think it's 5.6 million now after his price rise. I um, do think he is a player to watch for managers who haven't considered him already. He falls in that budget bracket where there isn't many options available. But if he does get a start in running that team, you know, could be a real good asset. And um, Kevin De Bruyne looking absolutely unbelievable. Uh, mentioned pre-season and a couple of Twitter threads how I felt Kevin De Bruyne wouldn't be too far behind Sterling this season. And what the last two game weeks have shown that what I kind of vouched for was if you do own De Bruyne, I do think he's going to have a, an amazing season, but you are going to be assisting that man up top, Sterling. So it's going to be a case of whatever De Bruyne does, Sterling's probably doing better in regards to the returns. But 
at 9.5 million. I think he's 9.6 now. He just looks like an absolute steal. And for those who haven't considered him, you need to start considering him because he's the best player on the pitch right now and he just looks unbelievable. So for those who have been doubting him, please, please reconsider and try and look how you can get him into a side. I'm not saying that he's a desperate own for anyone, but I do think that if you haven't even considered him, he's definitely worth considering. And uh, you can't really talk about the dream team about the main man, and that's a 17-point hat-trick hero, Pookie Party Machine. I think he's taking the crown from Vardy. I think Pookie Party sounds a lot better, so we're going to be taking that off him just for the meantime while Pookie has the headlines. And um, yes, we can't really say much more, really. Pookie, 17-point haul. Got a question later on in this in this episode that I'm going to talk about a bit more on Pookie, so I'm going to hold back for there. But that's the dream team there. Um some real kind of picks there. I think players who weren't necessarily the first choices in many players' teams. You know, a lot of people went Sterling over De Bruyne. They went Salah over Mane and now considering them options. So, yeah, a really good dream team this week. Really ones to consider. And before we move on to this video, I just want to chat... Um, sorry, this episode. I just want to chat about um, the FBL Football Advice Cup. Now, I was sitting around 30th last week and unfortunately... I have fallen further down in, in my own league and uh, I'm currently sat 41st. But I can only say that's a testament to the quality of the league. And um, I'm just going to run through the top 10 in the league. Um, so 10th place, Grizzy with 55 points this week and uh, currently on 145 points. Um, 9th place, 38 weeks. So second week in a row in the top 10, 52 points this week and a total of 146. Good work there. Eighth place, El Putin de Ag Gross. El Putin de Aguadas. Um bit of a tongue tizzler there, but uh fifty-eight points and hundred and forty-seven total. Seventh, Fab's auto win, sixty-four points, hundred and forty-eight total. Six, love this one. Kante's Road Take Me Home. Absolutely awesome name that one. I think I might steal that next year, so make sure you get that one early. Um, 64 points, 149 total. Fifth place, A, B, C, D, E, e F, C. Great name. Uh, total 150 points, 63 this week. Fourth place, Naughty Dogs. 61 points this week, 151 total. Now into the big time. Third, not today. And I know that's his second week in the top 10, so good work there. 56 points and 152 total. Second, we've got Ron Toku FC, 42 points this week, 156 total. And top is uh, FC UKUG with an amazing 70 points and uh, currently sat on 160 total. And I know he's um, he had Pookie Lundstrom and Dinier in his side, so absolutely um, unbelievable picks there, and rightly so at the top of the league right now. So... Good work to those who I mentioned there. And for those who um, are actually on the top 10, you know, a long, long way to go and to get into that league. So um, be sure to uh, keep going, guys. And I'm going to try and climb that league because that is pretty atrocious right now. But, you know, long, long way to go. So um, I just want to quickly touch on some of the Game Week 3 hot topics that I think have been going around Twitter a lot recently. Twitter, Instagram. And it's kind of just um, highlighting two or three that have been asked to me really, really popular questions. So the first is, um, and it's been a real, real sort of hard decision for those wildcard, and that's um, Salah or Mane. So um, 
For those who don't know, Salah currently sat at 12.5 million, Mane at 11.5 million. Both are um, obviously last season finished top joint goal scorers and uh, Salah finishing about, I think it's, I believe, 30 points or so more than Mane. So um, for some argue justified his FPL value last season. But this year, Salah obviously started with a goal in game week one. Mane's come back into it, got a goal and assist in game week two. And a lot of people I know are seeing the value in Mane dropping down to him in their wild card or transfers this week and investing the one million that they save into the rest of the squad, which I do think is a good tactic for those that are playing that. And um just want to quickly run over some of the chat that people have been saying about the stats. And um I do think already it's a little bit too li- too early to judge off this season's data. Only two game weeks in, Manny didn't play the first one in the Super Cup in between, I think, affected both players. So I do think it's a little bit too early if you're going to make a basis just on the stats of the last two game weeks. But what we can go off is last season's stats. And what I have looked at is since the 1st of January to the last game of last season, um, Manny had 14 goals in comparison to Salah's nine. Uh, Mane had a XG expected goals of 9.85 to Salah's 9.11. So again, Mane higher, but some would argue that he overperformed in his actual output to expected goals. Now, I know a lot of people are very much against or for stats. So I'm going to just leave that there. I'm not going to go too much into detail on that one. I know uh, people value stats differently. And uh, and expected goals per 90, 0.56 for Mane, 0.51 for Salah. So really, apart from the goals, the actual goals, there's not too much difference between the two players at the back of the last season. But what is clear is Mane was the value pick at the back end of the last season. You know, five more goals. He really justified that, um, justified that price gap there. So... Yeah, a lot of managers are currently debating between the two. And the way I'm looking at it right now is, is I'm a Salah owner right now and it's very difficult for me to judge based off two games. However, what I will say is for those that are wildcarding, I personally think the sensible option is to go to Mane. I think there are a lot of players this season available in the opening couple of game weeks that are very tempting um the united assets the mid price uh midfielders the premiums are looking very good everyone's had is wants to get in on the premium defenders so i think any sort of money that you can save is very valuable and looking at the stats last season throughout 2018-19 a lot of people including myself um picked salah over mané because of his underlying stats being much better now as I mentioned in the previous stats, it looks like Mane has the stats to justify his pick along with his value. Now, for me, I went by stats last season, but now the stats are surpassing Salah's. I see no argument to necessarily go to Salah if you are wildcard. I think Mane justifies his pick. I think also what is important to say is which other players are going to be in your side because for investing in Salah, he's got to be basically a captain pick every week. So if you are looking at other players to captain, I do think that Mane, 11.5 million, is the best pick there. Um, for those who currently own Salah, I think more people will be owning Salah going into game week three than Mane if they aren't wildcarding. I do think that don't rush into transfers. So if you're not playing your wildcard, you might have two free transfers, you might have one. 
I personally think there isn't enough data to jump off Salah into Mane. I think you'll probably have other fires to put out in your team and you should be prioritising them. Now, if you don't have any other fires in your team and it is a case of you have the choice to put Salah or Mane, I think that you really got to think about this because Salah, again, back-to-back top point scorer season on season. So you've really got to think about what decision you make. Now, of course, I think it goes back to value again. If that one million, you can justify using it elsewhere in your squad, then the stats prove that Mane is a justifiable pick. So for me personally, I think Mane, if you're wildcarding, Salah, stick unless you have the transfers available to go into Mane and you don't have other fires to put out. I don't think it's a priority right now, guys. So I hope I've covered that a bit better. And as I said, guys, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to be talking about it more in the week. So just fire your questions on there if I've if you've got more sort of chat on Sano and Mane. Um, again, a massive topic that's been going over. And that's uh, the thoughts on Watford's... Watford? Bloody hell. Norwich's Pookie. I'm going to get a bit of abuse for that one. Um, obviously got a goal in game week one against Liverpool. Got a hat-trick in game week two against Newcastle. Again, I'm not sure if that's because Newcastle are absolutely atrocious, but from the eye test, it looked like Puki was a very, very uh, good player. Looked very sharp in that game. And um, I do think that, as of recording right now, he's 6.7 million. It does look like he's going to be going up to 6.8. And it's very difficult with Puki because... It's very much form versus fixtures and how you deem them. I personally think that, obviously, they have Chelsea at home next game week, West Ham away the following, and Man City at home after that. Now, you would usually say Chelsea are a no-go, but after seeing their performance against Leicester, I do think that Norwich have opportunities there to get goals. Uh, They showed that they can actually make even some of the best defences, like Liverpool, tested. And I don't think the Chelsea game is a game to be necessarily off-put by only Puki. Again, similar to West Ham, not over the years proven defensively, so that shouldn't be off-putting. And of course, the Man City game, everybody has a free hit in the Man City game because we expect them to roll over every team. So I don't think you should be considering these fixtures too harshly against Puki because I think at 6.7 million, possibly 6.8 when this comes out, um, it's a case of looking what else is out there. Barnes is arguably as good as Puki at that price range right now in form, but Burnley have very tough fixtures coming up. Yotta at 6.5 million, I think personally is the best option. However, at this point in time, with them having a European match in the upcoming week and kind of mixed fixtures as well, I'm slightly off put by Yotta for the coming weeks. Just I want to see that European fixtures quieten down for them and see the Wolves form come back in. And again, King, you're not looking at King at 6.5 with Man City at home, so it's very much how your team is setting up right now. But I do think with Puki, although they have mixed fixtures, I think the higher ownership could tempt a lot of managers to go in on him. I think he's 17% already by managers, and um, a lot of people are talking about is he the next Jimenez again? It's too early to say, but what we do know with Norwich is there's no rotation with Puki, he is the main man of that team, and 6.7 million I think he is a player that should be considered earlier on in the week I was kind of um, dismissing the idea of bringing Puki into my side as I just thought the fixtures were too difficult but 
looking at the value on other mid-price budget forwards, I don't think there's any value there right now. And I think Pookie is the best option. So for me personally, I do think that if you are looking at investing in Pookie and are put off by the fixtures, I think you should probably think again and just, you know, weigh up what's in front of you. I think Norwich are a decent attacking outfit. I think Chelsea are looking a bit dodgy at the back. And a lot of people have talked about whether you are chasing points. And yes, I do. I will be, you know, saying to managers that don't be expecting a hat-trick every week, you know. Pookie's um, underlying stats, you know, I think he's expected goals for the last two games have been 1.4 or something like that. So, you know, he's actually scored four. So he is overperforming in that sense. But he clearly is passing the eye test. He's getting in the right areas. And I do think Pookie shouldn't be put off. So, you know, for me personally, I am very tempted by Pookie. And I think managers should be considering him. And on to the last question, and that is, um, is it too early to wildcard? Now, I would go talking into this subject, guys, but I did release a um, Tuesday top tip video just, um, actually just yesterday, and it's basically completely dedicated to whether I think it is too early for a wildcard. So instead of me repeating myself, I think it's really worth you guys checking that out. It's my most recent video, apart from this one. And um, uh, similarly in my podcast, and it's um, a real about a ten minute chat solely on whether early wild card is a good choice or not. So I think it's worth checking that out, guys, and uh, and uh, checking and let me know what you think on that. So that'd be really really good to see that. So um, moving on to questions, and this is always the best part because I can get a bit more in depth and really help you guys specifically, and um. Just going to jump straight into it. So, a uh, question from Twitter, and that is from at Yonza Mizigu. Apologies if I got that wrong. I think I got it wrong last time, so I'm sorry about that. And that is uh, whether to stick or twist uh, with Jamie Vardy. So, Jamie Vardy's actually been a bit disappointing in the last two fixtures. I know a lot of people were talking about him in pre-season and how under Rodgers he's a changed man. And Leicester looked very good against Chelsea, looked sharp, but... Um, real surprisingly, what I noticed is when I looked at the stats this morning, Jamie Vardy only having one shot in the last two games. Now, that is very much unlike Vardy, but I don't think it's anything for alarm bells. I think I saw enough from Vardy to think that he is still going to perform in this Rogers side. However, um, it's very much... It, £9 million isn't justifying his price, possibly 8.9 by the time this goes out. You've got to look at their fixtures. Sheffield United away... Bournemouth at home, United away, Spurs at home. So I do think that there is value there in owning him over the next two fixtures. I did mention about Sheffield United making home a fortress, but there isn't enough data yet to justify whether they are going to be clean sheet magnets at that place. And again, I saw enough from Leicester to think that they can cause any team problems like they did against Chelsea. So I think if you are a Vardy owner, at 9 million, he is soaking up a lot of the cash. And I can see the temptation to go up or down into other players. But you know, if you held him the last two and you still have thoughts about him, I do think you should hold him for the next two fixtures if there aren't any other options tempting you and jump off after for the four game weeks and invest into somebody else. So I hope that helps there. Um, question from Instagram from Tyrone Dune Duan, and that's uh, thoughts on Celebas. So I think, uh, as I mentioned, an amazing performance last game week. Um, and at 5.6 million, I think he has the potential to be one of the best FPL value players in the game. You look at what's around him, 
4.5 million for Dead Donker, nothing else in that price range. 5 million, I don't see much value. And then you're looking at 5.5s. And the only other one that I think is tempting in that price range is uh, McGinn of Aston Villa. But for a, for a player of Salabas' quality, playing in an Arsenal side who are going to be competing for the top four at 5.6 million, it seems like an absolute no-brainer. However, what I will say is, for me personally, and I think you guys should consider this, I think he's a wait and see. Again, a small data point to go off after one and a half games, but they have Liverpool away and Spurs at home in their upcoming fixtures. So I think personally, those two games are absolutely perfect to sit back, see how he performs in them games. More importantly, see if he's a rotation risk. They have the likes of Ozil, Pepe to come in back into the team, Xhaka. They have all these players to compete in that midfield and it isn't certain whether he is going to be starting every game week. Now, off the back of that performance, you would say he should do, but we just don't know that. So I personally think that use them two game weeks to hold on your transfer for him. Wait and see how he performs and then use that bigger data point to see whether he is good FPL value. But right now, from first glance, I do think that he should be on everybody's watch list and uh, definitely one to consider after game week four. So thanks for that question, Tyrone. Um, question again from Instagram, and it's uh, Liverpool FC. A lot of O's there to exaggerate the Liverpool. And uh, that question is, um, play or bench Lundstrom versus Leicester? Well, what a ridiculous question. Of course you've got to play him. <laughs> no, um, in all seriousness, you know, I know it's very easy to play a player who's just come off the back of a 14-point haul. Um, but it's, it's a valid question. So um, Lundstrom plays uh, Leicester, uh, Leicester at home in game week three. And as I mentioned, Sheffield United look very good at home. And... Um, it does look like he's going to start and playing out of position in the midfield role, you're getting the luxury of clean sheets, attacking potential, you know, you're getting the work for Lundstrom. And I think there should be no worries about starting him in regards to whether he's going to get rotated. I'll be astonished if after that performance he gets rotated in the Leicester fixture. So, yeah, I see no reason why you shouldn't start him. Again, it's completely squad dependent. You might have double Liverpool, Everton, you might have a Man City, then clearly you're probably looking at them to start over Lundstrom. But if you are looking for players to fit into your side, I see no reason why Lundstrom at home isn't a good pick. You know, 4.1 million. Again, I don't know whether you guys are... I'm not going to answer whether you should be investing in him, but if you do currently own him, I personally think that it's totally squad dependent, but do not be fearful by starting him. I think he will get the game time. And as I mentioned, Sheffield United look very good at home. It's going to be a very tough game against Leicester. But if your squad is looking for a bit of balance and you haven't got a starting eleven that you're comfortable with, I think Lundstrom is a good option. So thanks for that question. Um, another question from Instagram. Loads from Instagram. So thanks, guys. It's been really popular there. Um, this is from Hisham underscore Eamon 17. And that is the best short-term budget forward. Now, and that is excluding Pookie. So... I think, uh, as I mentioned previously, there aren't loads of short-term budget forwards that I like right now. Uh, Barnes has had a great start to the season, three three goals, but um, has got tough tough fixtures coming up. And uh, similarly, as I mentioned with Jota, I personally think he is the best over the course of the season, 6.5 million striker. But European exertions 
you know, playing so many games, I just wouldn't be tempted to jump into them right now, unfortunately. Um, one that I think you could consider is, uh, there's no data to go by it right now, but one that you should look at possibly is uh, uh, Delefeu. Obviously had a good season last year. Watford have been pretty bang average the start of this season, but I think, you know, he's got some of the best games. He's got Watford at home, Newcastle away. If you're looking at just very short term, you know, you couldn't really ask for two better fixtures there. Um, after that, very hard game. So you are very much going for a two-week punt. But I think, you know, outside of the obvious, outside of Pookie, outside of um, Barnes and just going through the tough games, Delefeu could be a nice little differential there for you to consider. So I think he could be definitely an option. So I hope that helps then, you know, check him out because it could be an option. But right now, I think, you know, it's whether you want to take that risk. Watford haven't been impressive, so it would be a big punt right now. So thank you for that. Uh, another question. Um, who uh, who score? Thanks for your question. And it is about the Liverpool defence. Ditching Van Dijk for Digne. Now, I've seen a lot of managers talk about Liverpool and jumping off their double defence just because of two games. Now, the way I'm looking at it is, the Norwich goal, yep, was a good finish by Pukki, um, and Liverpool looked poor at the back. But against Southampton, you know, it was an atrocious mistake by Adrian that I would like to think is a one in a 30 game incident or whatever. So, you know, them sort of them sort of scenarios I see as kind of anomalies where it was such a poor mistake that I would not expect it to happen again. So for me, I think Van Dijk is a great option again if you have two Liverpool defenders I can see the argument of possibly jumping off not because necessarily you're scared of the Liverpool defence but maybe just to invest some money elsewhere and Digne what we'll say is I would firstly wait for the press conference just to confirm whether his injury is severe or not I think it's fine and he'll be okay for the weekend but um, you know Digne is uh, I believe he's the top defensive scorer right now after two game weeks and a lot of people touched on him in the uh, pre-season about how good of an option he could be and he's proved it right now I'm an assist in two clean sheets and um you know a crazy start by Everton is that they only conceded uh 16 goals in 20 league in the last 20 league games and 12 of them are clean sheets so amazing stats there and I mentioned before about Marco Silva but um Everton got really good fixtures at Villa away Wolves at home, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United at home. So you can see them picking up more clean sheets. So I do think that if you're jumping off Van Dijk for the sake of being scared of Liverpool defence, I don't think there's too much panic right now. I know Arsenal's a tough game, but after that, they've got good fixtures. So I'd still hold on the Liverpool double up. But if it's a case of, you know, you're looking to move away to save money, that 0.5, I think Dinier is probably the next best bet outside the Liverpool defence and, you know, think it's a good move there but again don't be scared to hold that double Liverpool defence I still think there's great value there so I hope that helps uh we've got time for one more question so that's going to be uh from uh Instagram again Paolo S16 and that's about um ditching Perez now I've touched him a bit before when I was on about my game week two review and um He's been really, really disappointing, Perez. I, I still think he could be good value at 6.5 million, but right now, from the eye test, he's really not linking up very well with his teammates. Uh, he was better in the second half against Chelsea, but got taken off. Um, bit of a rotation risk in my eyes. I could see him getting dropped, possibly, in the next couple of weeks if things don't produce goals and assists for him. So, 
think uh, he is an out-of-position player and he could be great value right now. But I think there's too many players performing right here, right now. And, you know, only three shots in his last two games and an expected goal of 0.05 versus Chelsea is just not good enough when you're looking at a forward. Um, so I do think that I do think it is time to ditch Perez. Again, if you have more fires to put out and they're more urgent, then go for that. But I think if you do have the two free transfers, I do think moving away from Perez is a good choice. Um, I would be looking at the likes of at that sort of range. Um, if you can go up into the likes of Martial, it's a good pick. Um, yeah, I think, guys, if you can, move away from Perez for now and, and reassess later on in the season when we have a bit more data on him. He was a bit of a punt. He was a punt in my eyes, but I, I still to this day think he will be good value when we come and look at it after game week 38. But right now, I think there's plenty of um, arguments to say ditch Perez. So, um, yeah, that's all the questions, guys. Um, this is just going to be like a quick uh, review and preview to game week three. So if I haven't touched on any subjects, as I mentioned, there's going to be um, loads of content on Twitter and all. And something that is coming out tomorrow that I really recommend checking out, guys, on our website, www.footballadvice.co.uk. Our weekly guest Q&A article um, where we talk about the biggest topics and most talked about topics and I bring in some guests so this week got the regular let's talk soccer for those who haven't checked it out be sure to check out on Instagram and Twitter and really really excited to be joined by uh, FPL Prince brought some really good points uh, towards the uh, article so that's going to be dropping tomorrow so be sure to check that out as I mentioned www.footballadvice.co.uk uh, and that's going to be that's a weekly segment that we do so uh, loads of detailed analysis in there outside of this sort of uh, podcast videos um, and yeah usual stuff guys for those who haven't checked out really thanks again for downloading but it's our free FPL guide for the season again it's tailored for the entire season so if you have missed it after game week one be sure to jump in and get it it's in the description you can find it on Twitter Instagram or on our website and it's just loads and loads of information that I was collating over the summer and put into a free FPL guide to check out brings loads of value to you guys and as i mentioned it's free so if it's crap you can just delete it and if you loved it please share so that would be great guys if you can check that out and yeah if you just want to subscribe and like that would be greatly appreciated uh you can follow us on soundcloud and apple uh itunes uh podcast whatever you like to call it twitter at football advice 5 instagram fdr football advice and all the usual stuff guys but i just want to say a big thank you for tuning in really hope game week three brings um them green arrows going to be more content coming your way so be sure to check that out and have a great game week great week and see you guys later cheers